and welcome to episode 399 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard and Viper Crimson Dawn. It's Dan, yeah, baby. It's Dan Butcher. Fucking hell, man. Hello. You're me laughing my fucking head off today. Oh, great. Man. I'm glad. That's yeah. what I, yeah. And that other Cracking, voice you mate. hear now is a, is a grown-up, supposedly a grown-up, a fully grown <laughs> man uh, named Tony Esmond. Well, I was just asking Dan, can you remember, I've, I've looked it up, Dan, you were asking who Fred Flintstone's wife was, and it was Wilma. Wilma, that's it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, look, look. If you know, you know. This, 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 this week's episode will probably go off a cliff at some point. Um, but before it does, we have lots of great comic content coming to you this week. In, in, yeah, in it's been a good week. A yeah. wonderful interview with the creator Chad Billu, um, who some of you may have seen at Thought Bubble a couple of years ago. Yeah, I know some of you will have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've certainly heard about his work on the show. Um, and we had the pleasure to talk to him about his work. Um, He's top company. Yeah, Chad. dude, you got to check out his yeah. comics. Nice they're dude, fucking great. They're really good. Yeah, um, you know when you meet someone in this 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 funny world we call comics, you know, and you think, yeah, right, I, I fucking click yeah. with that dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. There's a lot of like the kind of uh, the autobiographical stuff that's really turned me off over the past couple of years. But yeah, stuff like that is like refreshingly good. This yeah. is what it should be about. Damn, what mm. turns you on? All the stuff on Comic House. Oh, Wilma. <laughs> what, you mean Wilma, Comic Wilma House? Flintstone. Our, our, our sponsor. <laughs> Stop bringing the Flintstones back into this, you degenerates. Um, yes, Comic House are our lovely sponsor. They are an indie comic marketplace that loves comics as much as we do. If you go to comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there. And another avenue to start selling, getting your work out to the world. They also have a feature section on their site and a digital app basically like netflix for comics only three pounds a month you get access to an enormous and ever-growing library of digital indie comics uh, a lot of which we've talked about on this show many mm. times over and uh yeah we're, we're always checking out all the time it, it's actually like a sponsorship service where we do actually use it so you know we're not shilling for blue apron no. um although if you're listening <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, please get in touch. We are available for some shit deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're hoes. We'll, we'll anyway, shield um, for money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, for instance, if you want to find out more about the, the Comic House app and the service and the 14-day free trial to just get mm. a taste of it, then go to comichouse.com. And thank you very much to them for sponsoring the show, as always. Uh, the show, this show, this particular podcast, that some of you have been listening to Maybe you've just joined us. Um, some some of the episodes we always apologise for the quality of some of them. Normally, not the ones without with guests because the guests are always amazing. They yeah. bring it up um, somehow, don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the quality content is we we surely drag it down. But we must have to have a guest on to get us back to normal again. Yeah, yeah. Because we act <laughs> yeah, like yeah, such twats like, when we don't have a guest on. It's like a reset. Of, yeah. yeah. There's got to be some sort of content that is um, hopefully fun for you to listen to but some of you have been listening for quite some time um and seven and a half years some of you if you're one of those Fucking. people next week is our episode 400 we have yep. um i don't know how we've done it <laughs> <laughs> actually i do it's lots of narcotics and uh, alcohol <laughs> um and that's just dan 
Yeah. So, um, I use none of those things to get through these shows. You know that. Uh, cranking. Yeah. yeah. Cranking. Yeah. Cranking like mad. <laughs> so, but, like I said, well, I saw a tweet the other day that said, when did you feel like you was, you've made it as a podcaster? Or feel like I was up, still fucking yeah. still chasing out. Don't do you remember I said when we started, you got to do 100? And now I feel like, oh, I've got to keep going, got to keep going. Go 500. Keep going, yeah. after, after next Sunday, it's like the road to 500, my friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once oh, 500, you're like, yeah, fucking I'm a podcaster now. Oh, God. Yeah. We've made it at 400. We're doing, you know, I, I, doing, I, yeah. I think we're doing better than a lot of folks. Um, yeah. But, and we're still enjoying it. So, episode 400 is a little bit of a celebration, isn't it, gents? So, yeah, it will be, yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't um, booked the Not many make it this it. far. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've, we're opening up the doors a little bit, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah, How's that? That, 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 nice that was reply. me handing the baton. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh. We're doing a live show on the next show. Yeah, it's Sunday. Be... Sunday, we're doing a live show. Sunday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, when you Sunday. listen to it, it won't be live. In fact, you could say we're doing a live show now. We do a live show every week. <laughs> yeah, 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 we are alive once it's been yeah. edited. <laughs> but uh, we'll be doing a Zoom call, and you can join in as uh, an audience member uh, in at the chat. And we've got a questionnaire which you can fill in, and you can ask a question live on the show. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So it's yeah. the twenty sixth of February at yes. seven pm. If you yes. click on the Zoom link, you will get entry into the big Zoom chat uh, where we'll be doing the podcast. Yes, and that's how it works. And if you have got a question, if you you know if you send a question in, you will get to ask a question, or we might even just come to you and ask you about your current project or something like that. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of what will be going on. And it's a big thank you to everyone that's listened and supported mm. us. And just to do yeah. something a little bit different for one of our sort of anniversary editions. So yep. um, yeah, please please if you can come along and join us and, and jump in. And also if you just want talk comics or hear us you know ask us a question about something because this is a comics comic book show so yeah we're here to talk about comics i might even know. shake up a couple of prizes guys to ask oh, you know hey, there you go. give out yeah, yeah. there you go ask a question to the audience yeah yeah there, there you go so yeah so make sure um if you can we'd love to see you there or if you can't just still send us a question and we'll, yeah. we'll mention you on the show anyway yeah and, uh, i mean yeah. the audience can actually in through the chat option participate in what we're talking about so if I say, oh, there's no, there's no good Superman comic. Someone say Daniel Wanker. What about issue four oh eight or something? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just to yeah. pick an example, completely from random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I quite mean, like Superman that, comics. That, that sounds like something that's yeah. actually happened to him, don't you? Yeah. Think, that was saying call, call us on our bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always say, like, <laughs> when we when we talk about something, we are in no way, you know, this is no, just no. just our opinions. When, <laughs> but, but the the only reason we've asked for questions in advance, and I'm I'm guessing that probably not all of them will be that, but we'd rather if they were, is the fact that it's nice to be prepared to answer stuff. Otherwise, you may as well just be talking to someone in a pub. So yeah, if someone yeah. says to you, "What are your ten favourite comics for the lives of the podcast?" It's going to take us a few days to remember them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's oh, face oh, it. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, what's been your favorite episode you know yeah. my favorite episode at the moment is the one we, we're doing now but i'll have to, i'll have to think about it do you know what i mean there's a bit of that going on is there yeah yeah so um obviously next week is a big week but this every week is a big week on this show mm. so and the, the, this week the pen, the penultimate to 400 is is no different can, can i make my joke before you you lead the guest you, in don't, don't, you, yeah. you, should, you should just you should have just naturally just, just shot the joke yeah but remember to laugh 
I, so, okay. I, okay, okay. I said yeah, this, yeah. this ready, episode Tony? should have been episode 420 because of the, the subject matter. Ha, 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 ha. Was that good? Yeah, that was convincing. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, blazing. We like the blazing squad. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I love the fact Dan loves that. The yeah. blazing squad. God, he was in them. He was in yeah. Were you one of the blazing squad? Yeah. You weren't yeah. You? yeah. Uh, big fan. Have you still got the tracksuit? I've got a cousin that looks like uh, the geezer Mackenzie out of it. And, Why uh, do you know their names? We need to talk to yeah, Dan about this. So while we're going oh, to talk, exactly while we're, we're going to talk to Dan about this, and while we're doing this, here's the wonderful interview with the one and only Chad Billier. Okay, this week we are very pleased to be joined by a creator behind such titles as Chad in Amsterdam and his awesome new title, The Reup. I think you're going to be a fan of this creator because. Um, We've just had a wonderful chat with him before we even started recording. Um, yeah. So much gold on the cut room floor, but don't worry, we'll talk about it anyway. And welcome to the show, Chad Bellier. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Dan. Tony events. Pleasure and honor <laughs> to be here. Great to have you, man. Chad. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like he already knows, like he's just buttering us up. Have you noticed that? I, I, I already feel really good about this week's show. Just already. In the in the pre-talk, we mentioned boobs. That was enough for me. I know we're on the same. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And certainly, if you haven't, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Chad's book books in the past. They've had a couple of mentions over the past couple of years. I, I yeah. believe, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, we did um, Chad and Amsterdam post yeah. Thought Bubble. Paul, yeah. The year, the one before last, didn't we? I think. Yeah. 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 Um, Yes, and obviously we've got a lot to talk about with the with the new title, the reup, which um, is amazing. But before we get yeah. into all of that, um, what is your sort of story with comics? What led you to become a fan and start making them yourself? Um, let's see. Like, I guess I re- I remember distinctly the first comic I read. I was young, like I had to be like three or so. Uh, it was this hot stuff. Um, okay from uh, Harvey Comics. And I say this a lot to people who, who may have heard this before, but I, I was drawn to Hot Stuff because he was like this mischievous, mischievous devil as, you know, uh, you know, per contra to Casper, this punk-ass yeah. ghost. <laughs> and, like, I just didn't, like, I didn't get on. Casper was just boring, but Hot Stuff kind of so had his personality, you know, even looked cooler. So that was kind of what swayed me into it. And then... I guess from just reading so young, for me, it was like a norm to read comics, you know, mm. and my family was was very, uh, v- you know, very cool with it. And they supported the habit. And I remember, uh, you know, before that, you would get comics at like, you know, the drugstore or at the supermarket from the spinner rack or like 7-Eleven, something like that. And then um in about eight, I think it was 85, 86, we had a, uh, 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 there was this place called North Coast Nostalgia in Cleveland Heights. It was a comic book store. Um, they opened up. So my aunt, she loved comics too. So I would go with her and her boyfriend at the time. We would go, you know, like every Wednesday and just get comics. And it blew my mind because I'm like, what? They, you know, I had way more options and things like that. Mm. So I guess... 86 i was lucky because i was like 11. so i was reading all all these seminal titles but i was way too young to really really read them but it it shaped my taste a certain way so like i was reading watchmen and uh electra assassin dark knight um 
things that was like that. a good time that. for comics, man. That's yeah, a good time, time to be a kid and a teenager, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was. And I guess, too, right before that, a big thing that also got me to commit was Transformers. Okay. I was, I remember, I'm like Transformers 84 or so when that came yeah. out. Mm. I, I thought that shit was brilliant, man. Like, I was like, wait, the, the, the car does what? <laughs> and it, it transforms into what? I was like, oh, man, I'm there. So that was really one of the first comics that I'm like, I got to have them all. And then yeah. and shortly thereafter, I got into X-Men, the Claremont run. And that was one where I was like, okay. And even back then, like older issues, at least at that time, were still affordable. So yeah. I, I ended up getting like, what, X-Men, what, the giant size, and then it was a 94 up. So I had that, and like I think by the time I started reading it, it might have been on like 171 or something. I think okay. when Rogue, Rogue joined or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I went back, caught up all those, got those comics, and just at that point, you know, you're into it because I'm digging, going from store to store, trying to find the missing holes, you know, in my sequence. And uh, I was just into it. So for me, and, you know, and my, all my friends read, read them too. So it wasn't yeah. really like a nerd thing. And growing up, everybody in my neighborhood, we we all seemed to like comics. So, so when you say that, man, because I mean, obviously we know you for your work in Amps, you know, in Amsterdam. It's yeah. how I first come across mm -hmm. for you. But where where was it in the States that you grew up? I grew up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, for the most right. part. Um, and the I mean, home I Superman, up, as we like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it did. And like, so I, I grew up like in the, the suburbs just outside the city. So it was, you know, close enough. You're part of the city, but you're not technically in Cleveland. You're in Cleveland Heights. It's like the first okay. eastbound suburb. And it was a nice neighborhood. And I mean, I was really lucky in like a real segregated city to grow up in this area that was, you know, had diversity socioeconomically, ethnically, um, high home ownership, which provided for good schools because we pay for yeah. our schools through uh, property taxes. So we were like more poor family who would rent on the outskirts, but you got to go to this good public school. So I don't know. It just kind of made me able well, to talk to all types of people. And uh, so like that's, that's said, interesting, Chad, to me, because mm -hmm. I know in, in having chatted to you, one of your big influences was um, a Cleveland resident himself. Wasn't he Harvey? Wasn't Harvey Peacock from Cleveland? Yep, he was. Harvey was from, from Cleveland. And uh, I, at the time, he lived, when I was young, he lived there right. uh, in, Cle in Cleveland Heights because he was like a mainstay on this street in Cleveland Heights called Coventry. And it's right. it's uh, it's been slightly gentrified, but it's still the place to go if you want to do some countercultural stuff. And right. he would cool. be up there a lot at a uh, coffee shop or we have a bookstore that's been there and it's still there, Max Beck's. And, uh, you know, he was a regular there. So you would see him on the street and then it, you just kind of heard <laughs> through the grapevine that, hey, this dude writes comics. I'm like, what? He, re he writes comics. Because I remember <laughs> meeting him once. I was young. Like I had to, I think I was like 10 or 11. Maybe, yeah, about that. And I saw him and I'm reading X-Men or something, having a chai latte or something before I went to school because I was fancy <laughs> like that when I was young. <laughs> and, uh, so like, he sees me reading these comics. He's like, you know, I write comics. I said, I heard about you. So he gave me one to check out. And so, you know, oh, cool. weeks, months go by, and I see him again, and he's like, hey, kid, 
how'd you like the comic? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, it's, it's, I like the art, but I mean, like, it's about you. You don't got no superpowers or nothing. Like, why would I, <laughs> why would I want to read that, dude? I'm, I'm like 10 years old. I mean, that's like, that's playing with fire because he's a bit of a crazy dude, isn't he? You know, he's yeah, always... he, he, little curmudgeonly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, from what I've heard, but then a, a really, really good guy because I've, I've, I've met so many people in Cleveland who knew him firsthand or worked with him. Right. And like, you know, he's a very intelligent, thoughtful guy, but yeah, he had his moods. He's probably one of those dudes who don't mince words. So yeah. I can kind of, yeah, I can respect it, that. It, that would have been about the same time that he was sort of a sort of semi-regular appearer on the, um, was it the yeah, Tonight the, Show or something like David that? David Letterman. Letterman. The, the yeah, Late right. Show with David right. Letterman. Man, those, those appearances were uh, legendary and I, I kind of share similar politics with him to a degree. Right. And I just used to love the fact that he'd go up there and be like, you know, you're a crony for NBC. And I'm like, whoa, this dude says what he wants to say. So I mean, I was already kind of like that. And then I come from my mother's like that, too. So just to see that guy, it was very I, I love I don't know. I love firebrands and contrarians. So, yeah, yeah he, he's he's to shout at Lemon, didn't he? It was almost like almost uncomfortable sometimes to watch. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a reel of it on YouTube. You should check it out. Like it, at, at a point it's humorous, and then it gets cringy, and you're like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> this this dude was serious. Like you know, so yeah, yeah. But but I mean, I do think he's kind of a quintessential Clevelander. You know, like cool. we come from a bad luck town. It's People don't got a lot. The little bit that they got, they're real proud of. You can't, you know, we're big on respect. And uh, yeah, I, I guess he just didn't want to be seen as a joke. Yeah, on the well, show, see, you know, which it seemed. Oh, go ahead. So I know, man, you gone. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say they. It seemed like they would pull him on yeah. as a joke, right. but he wasn't a joke. Like he was actually an intelligent dude and was quite knowledgeable of you know what was going on with these multinational corporations and stuff and he he would pull letterman's car because he's like dude you're a crony for nbc you can't even do what you want to do i do whatever and i really admired that and i didn't know at the time but that's the power of being being independent you can do do and say what you want you know and that's what he did well he was something was he I'm guessing he was something of an inspiration because for me, and what I thought probably this is probably worth getting into now is he, um, he poured himself into his work. He was his work. Mm-hmm. You know, he appeared throughout his work, which is something for those that don't know. I mean, he even put his, when he had cancer, that was a comic, you know, this sort of thing. And mm-hmm. he was a writer who used other artists to portray himself through them. And that's something that you've done as well, isn't it? A lot of your work is extremely personal, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, for sure, he was an inspiration. I mean, I was over here kind of uh, wayward and destitute at a point. And uh, I'm you talking about Amsterdam now? Yeah, and yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was in Amsterdam, pardon. And uh, hmm. I'm thinking, like, what can I do? Like, I was just having a hard time getting a job and just things weren't going so well. And I'm like, well, and I've done a lot here, but nothing quite stuck or worked. Yeah. And I was reading a lot of comics at the time just to kind of, you know, keep keep my mind busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I realized I had read some American Splendors, but I didn't read them all. So I went, I won't lie, I downloaded them illegally because I was broke. <laughs> and uh, so I, I started reading them. And I'm like, okay, and I'm really feeling it. And one thing that really hit me, not just 
the can you know the candid nature of his stories and also just how he would delve into banal stuff what i liked was like i'm from cleveland so i i could see the places he was talking about like or, or were featured in a comic and i'm like that's right. the west side market oh that is coventry road or oh he's at the cedar lee theater like i saw it in it you you kind of you saw like whoa this when you see something that you recognize certain cities like London, y'all yeah, yeah, spoiled with that, and uh, New York, San yeah. Francisco, they're all in all sorts of art. Mm. So to see something like Cleveland in it, I was like, you know what? This is really, that served as the impetus. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what he did in Cleveland, but I'm going to do it here, and I'm going to do it my way, of course, because uh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't feel I write like Harvey. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The format and that inspiration came from Harvey for sure. You know, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna try it on this side. With, so that, with, that's when you first started deciding to make comics, opposed to being just a fan of them. It was when yes. you hit Amsterdam and you read some Harvey, uh, yeah, Harvey Pico, and you thought, right, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And that wasn't long ago. I mean, I had that was like six years ago, man. Okay. So yeah. So uh, I've been doing comics almost five years, and so yeah, about six years ago, and I was like, you know what? Let me do it because I've always wrote, but sporadically. Um, so mm. I've done a lot of writing, but a lot of it was just on blogs and my friends would read it. And some of them would be like, yo, man, you can actually write You're, You know how to tell a story. So, you know, I just kept that in my head and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this. If it don't work, maybe I'll just, you know, quit or do something else. But uh, it started to work, it worked enough that I'm like, hey, there might be some legs on this. Let me go yeah. for it. So what? So you started writing in a script format, did you? And then, and then yeah. you looked for artists, or how did yeah. that? Yeah, that's how I did. I, I had a, I, first, I thought I thought of one story, and then I found a fellow to uh, illustrate it. My man Jared Bogus out of Virginia. He's a <laughs> right. real, he's 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 a dope artist. Um, he's actually like usually does Christian stuff. So oh wow! Okay, he illustrates yeah. stories yeah. from the Bible. He's uh, his his company's called Fish Coin Press, and they right. come out with beautiful stuff. So he's I the artist of uh, the Dutch Inquisition, isn't he? Yes, the yeah. very first one. That's yeah. um, that okay. Was, that, that was the verse. That, that was the verse. That was the first comic that I made and got illustrated. Wow. So I sent it to him, and we you know we just talked on the phone. I tried to talk to all my artists or meet them. If I can meet them, I'll meet them. If I can yeah. talk on the phone, yeah. I'll do that or or Zoom. And we talked and we talked for a few hours and he's a real cool dude. And you know, he's Christian, but he's not overtly so, you know. He yeah. just he, he enjoys the Bible, which I mean, hey, I mean it's a great book. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel it. And uh he was down. I paid him, sent him the script, he uh and he drew it up and I was like, okay. And that just, you know, you get that itch and you're like, okay, I'm doing more. This is what's up. Cool. This is this is what I'm going to do. Because you've reached out to quite a few artists in your time, haven't you? There's, you know, you work with a variety of people. Do you have a little pool of people you go to now or are you always looking for the new one? Always looking for the new one for certain. Right. For certain. But I do have a nice pool of people. See, I was doing... Uh, I, I'm kind of... I draw myself, but not as much as I did, like, 20 something years ago right. but I've, all, I've always been inclined to do some sort of art whether it's making music or drawing or whatever and I know a lot of artists so I was over here throwing parties for a minute and we had a, 
a friend of mine who actually did the cover to uh, Chad in Amsterdam, number one. His name's Kim Damani. He's a Swedish fellow. Delicious Brains is his art name. And he, we were throwing this party called Another Bullshit Night from Cleveland. So we had him doing the posters for these parties. And he kind of, I was like, you know, it would be cool if we kind of based these posters off of old comic covers. So that's what we did. So like our first poster was based off of like Fantastic Four number one. Yeah. And, you know, he put his old, his weird touch on it. Spin on it. Yeah, and it was dope. And so, you know, again, I paid him for it. Um, and when I did the comic, naturally, I was like, you know what? I want you to do the cover. And he was like, oh, hell yeah. So, you know, I I, I know a lot of these folks personally just from living yeah. life and being an artistically inclined dude. I've, I've thrown art shows over here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we just knew a lot of artists. And I, I just I'm the type of guy I'll go to a gallery opening anyway. So okay. yeah. from that, a lot of the folks I know, and a lot I'll just I'll just pull up on them on Instagram or something and be like, "Hey, I like your work. Are you interested in working with me?" And you know, I pay, which is the key. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Does that, that go beyond? Yeah. Does that go beyond like sequential artists as well? Sometimes you you look at people who haven't done comics before. Yes, um, I do. That's true. Yeah. And uh, I have worked with some folks who don't really do they're not really known as comic artists but mm. you you see if you if you write the uh script like in a full script form and really give, give nice uh stewards, at least laying it out they'll see what you're talking about and they yeah. can do it it's it's not like it's impossible to do to yeah. do it's very hard to master but it's it's not impossible to get started doing comics i don't think yeah okay man yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it where I've thumbnailed for someone who hadn't done any comics before, but they just were so sort of on me about, well, how does this work between panels? I just sort of thumbnailed it for them, you know, right, just to give right, them an right. idea. We're not right. not wishing them to keep to that, but just as this is a sort of general idea. Yeah, and it really helped them, and and yeah, they've turned into a great comic artist. Yeah, That's definitely. Yeah, see? yeah, yeah. But for people who don't know, we talked to we've talked a little bit about Chad and Amsterdam, but that was a couple of years ago. You so it, you moved into Amsterdam, but you moved into. Amsterdam, Amsterdam. So the area that all, all British tourists go to. You moved into the red light district, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is which is where a lot of your stories come from. Um, yeah. Did you want to talk a little bit about that and the sort of where you are and what what it was like and what stories were jumping out at you from that area, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I moved here in two thousand nine and right. jumped around a lot. And around two thousand fifteen, I ended up getting a place in in the red light district. Uh, uh, they really want it, but it's so hard to find places to live over here that if something pops up, you take it. Yeah. So this was it was kind of passed on to to me by a friend who was able to pass on the contract to me. So honestly, like I guess the first thing to to tell people is like over here, us who us folks who live in Amsterdam, we don't go to the red light. Like maybe when you first come, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As a tourist, see, I, I have the uh I have the advantage of having been here as a tourist and an actual denizen. So and a student too, which is a little different. Mm. But yeah. um so you, you 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 come I came as a tourist and I was just in awe, like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this. This is insane. But then when you move here, you really don't want nothing to do with it. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah, you you just it's not there's nothing here for locals really 
So it's for it's for uh, tourists, both international and also domestic. So a lot of people will come here, you know, from outside of Amsterdam to watch the Ajax games and things like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, mm. so it's it's a yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of folks from everywhere here, and uh, you do get, of course. As y'all know, the British fools coming over. Yeah. Yeah. Idiots. You get a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I will say most people, because there's a lot of tourists here, and I did the math, at least pre corona, and it's like, if you average it out, it's like 50,000 people come here every day. Right. So, given that there's 50,000 people every single day, people are pretty well behaved, you know, because that's, that's enough people to cause bedlam if you really want to do it like that so anyway i i moved there and that was just a whole new take because you know how it is you visit a place you got a certain idea of it that's pretty superficial i moved there and then i found out a lot and i'm like oh wow this is completely not what i thought it was and it's uh i mean if you want to see the interesting thing about it they call it the vala uh in dutch but it is the oldest part of the town. Right. So yeah. if you really want to see it and see it for its beauty, go in the daytime. And yeah. you'll see that, you know, this this is an area that's been around 800, almost, you know, more than 800 years. So it's been a port historically. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful just ornaments and facades on the buildings there. It's really charming looking. Now, at a point, yeah, people start drinking pretty early. But it is gorgeous part. So I saw that. And then, I mean, they, they kind of got a war going on here with the tourism. They they want it gone. Yeah, you but, were saying they were closing down a lot of the, the shops and coffee yes. shops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, coffee shops got hit really hard. They, I mean, they seem to be replacing them with burger joints, which right. doesn't make much sense. But uh. there it is. But, um, I mean, the one thing that's nice and charming, and maybe folks from here can't feel it, but when you come here and you see, you, you have this sense of freedom of this scummy, scuzzy area. You feel like you can do whatever. Even though you can't, you, you, yeah. you feel this way. And there is a certain happiness that <laughs> the red light right, okay. gives yeah, yeah. to people. You know, they really do feel open and free. And it's, it's like one big party. And most folks, the vibes are usually pretty good people can be loud and boisterous but then also i'm i'm not a gentrifier so it's like dude i'm you i moved to the red light district i know it's gonna be loud you yeah. know like yeah. you know you, we do have people who will move here and it's too loud come on you had to. <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, it's, gonna be a, it's gonna be a rich place for stories man it is clearly for you you know you sort of collecting is. stories and stuff like that as you go along see and then in the same vein, I have a like I have a weird balance I gotta I gotta maintain because I got this comic and I'm trying to make it interesting for the folks who, who live here as well or are mm-hmm. from the Netherlands. So yeah, you can't just write red light district tourist stories. I want the tourists to dig it too, but then I also want expats to dig it. So I got like three groups that I'm you know, I, I really don't try to appease the tourists, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's like I know because a lot of tourists buy my comic because there's no other comics on Amsterdam. 
I think so, that's a, I think that's a really interesting thing that you brought up there, like like thinking about your audience. But there are many people, and there's probably been many um, sort of autobiographical cartoonists all around the world who did you know have moved to a place and have written their stories about it, but they haven't thought about the the place. Do you know what I mean? It, I, I, right. For me, it's it's mm. kind of rare. You're thinking about the people that actually are, are from Amsterdam as well yeah. as externally. You know that the, the other yeah. people that read it. Well, I guess I got a a bit of an advantage because I used to live in D.C. for 10 years before Mm. I moved to Amsterdam. So I kind of saw what it was like to be a person not from a place. And you get there and you you immediately realize, oh, I'm not one of these folks. Mm. So with that said, I mean, you also learn that you'll never be. You can be you can live there for 30 years. You're still not going to be like a real New Yorker. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just how it goes. So yeah. with that said, and then I also saw like gentrification hit D.C. extremely hard. So, you know, people are really fighting for culture. And I didn't want to be one of these guys who's, you know, depleting culture from a city. Mm. So I always tried to at least, I don't know, either contribute or stay out the way, you know, but I didn't want to be the guy calling police because, you guys are playing music and it annoys me, but you've been here for 20 years doing the yeah. same yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, so I feel when you move to a spot, now this is paradoxical because my Dutch sucks, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they all speak really great English. But I do think, you know, you know, I, I got Dutch friends who will say, yeah, his Dutch sucks, but he does contribute to the culture of the city. And for me, that's really important. Like I didn't yeah. move here to hang out with a bunch of Americans. No, like, agreed. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the same vein, I, I gotta tell folks, I didn't move here to become Dutch. I moved here to live in Amsterdam. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. And I just try to contribute because I think it's like, you know, we live in a different time where people, people used to move to Amsterdam because they love the city. Now people are moving here because they got a job at Booking.com or Nike. Right, you know? okay. Because it used to be quite an artist enclave, didn't it, Amsterdam? It yeah, was a place you'd go to paint yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. Right, right. And just you, you dug it. You you dug the uh, the vibe, the history of the city, the uh, tolerant nature. And it's not like that no more. So the city, as, as new people are coming, they want the city to change. So I don't know. I always tell people, if you want to visit, you better do it soon because Amsterdam, as you think you know it, may not exist in five to ten yeah. years. Well, it's yeah. happened to London, man. It's happened to, I mean, Soho is our equivalent of the Red Dot Light District in London. Right, that's right, right. Just, that's just so been cleaned up. You know, there's yeah. nothing left. You know? Yeah, I've I noticed that myself because I went to London a long time ago and I went yeah. back a few years ago. I'm like, whoa. It's yeah. a lot more expensive now, but yeah, uh, and it's yeah. pretty hips. It's pretty hipster now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you do in your comics, you do pay reverence to the city itself because I know we talked about it when over dinner. Was there's that one cover which is it's literally like the the skyline of Amsterdam, isn't it? It's the most beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How did you? Lia, come, who, who was the artist on that? I can't remember who you said now. Laya Raya Zanseva is her name. Oh, get you. She's a yeah. She's this. Uh, yeah, no, say that to us. And she's, uh, <laughs> she's this Russian lady. Um, I think she lives in Montenegro. Wow, and, okay. And I just saw her on Instagram. I was like, man, she, she does this for cities around the world. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, this would be nice. And I thought it would be really cool 
because the first cover is like me on on the cover, and but it's kind of psychedelic, weird looking. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. you know, it would be nice because the way I I, I envision the series is, sure, I'm I'm a character in it, but the other character of this city of of this comic is Amsterdam itself. So I wanted to like you know proclaim that by having just Amsterdam on the second cover, you know, no color, yeah. just stripped down that this is this is you know just stating this this is also a character in the comic and you know i try to even if things don't deal with amsterdam i'm doing it within mm. the confines so i, I, th- I yeah. think that ties in one thing i've noticed about your writing um which is really appealing as well because there's a lot of um yeah you, the autobiographical sort of cartoonists and it's very much just me, 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 me. Um, sometimes to the point where there's absolutely nothing interesting happening whatsoever. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. name any names, but we, we, we've all we, read the we all know what we're about. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, what all this? But you strike me as a very much an observational autobiographical um, storyteller. Like, because it's got to have a point to it, each little yeah. tale, isn't it? And yeah. sometimes, like, a lot of the time, like, your character or your perspective is the background to other things that are happening or a conversation that you're hearing or things like that. Um, hmm. is, is that, is that something you think about when you're sort of writing these stuff? Well, I, I try to, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because well, here's the one thing. I mean, I'm, I'm confident and I, I am who I am and I do what I do, but I know at the end of the day, when I die, uh, life goes on the next day. Hmm. I'm not that important in the grand scheme of everything. So I'm trying to just leave my, you know, contribution to the world and keep it moving. I I don't have an inflated ego. A lot of people think I do, but I really don't. I know that it's not all about me. Mm. And uh, I'm not thinking about myself all week. I think that's kind of a real contemporary thing. People are very, very, you know, hung up in their identity yeah 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 and i I find i find i think there's a the the other side of this identity coin is personality yeah Yeah. Uh, i get that man i i was about to say that i see i don't see you as that sort of thing i see you as a storyteller yes that's how it is definitely yeah Yeah. so i I mean don't get me wrong like i i sure i identify as being a black american boom but also do things that americans don't do black people don't do yeah people from cleveland don't do i i am I, I'm oh, I always think, yeah, is that's exactly right. And the thing is, like I said, I think I don't remember whether I said it on the the on Glenn wrap up episode or not. But you and I sat at a table with what eight of us. I'm gonna I'm gonna say at that table, yeah, and it was that. you could you could pro every every person was a different race or nationality or sexuality right. or you know. And we got and because of comics, because we had that that language, we got right. on fine, man. That was like the nicest mm-hmm. meal ever. Yeah, uh, it really was. Comics brings and, you together like that, man. I think you know. And then you got a lot of people who are entities. And then I think on top of it, a lot of us, we don't, we have a high bar for humor and we're not easily offended. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I'm, yeah. uh, I am observational. I used to, I used to do a lot of street photography. I don't do it as much anymore, mm-hmm. but I did that a lot here too. So I, I won't lie. I talk a lot. I listen a lot too. So mm, yeah. it's weird. I'll be, I it's might important, man. be, yeah. yeah, I might be yeah. the loudest guy in the room, but I'm also the guy off in the cut just watching people. Cause that to me helps me write good dialogue. Yeah. Just and I, I think that's the re-up is a perfect example of that 
because there's so much dialogue. But there's a the character. Yeah, there's a reality to it all, man. Yeah. Man, yeah, I love yeah. that fucking comic. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I'm uh we feel good about that, me and my uh collaborator, Juliet DeVitt. And we really was uh I'm trying to do my best on that. It's That's it's, great, man. it's a long story, so I know I gotta keep up the interest, but I think I can. I've whittled it down to a to a long but manageable amount of issues. It's actually just a graphic novel. We're just releasing it incrementally. Yeah. But uh uh yeah, with that I really wanted to because I, I hear how people talk and I, I don't know, it's not something that you like, well I'm going to listen to how people speak. Yeah. It's not how I <laughs> how I did it. It just I just do and then you hear it and I'm like, hold on, you know, like certain people speak a certain way. I speak a certain way. You guys speak a certain way. So when you yeah. start to hear it, you know, I mean, way back, I dated a lady from London and I was listening to Grime at the time. She she was like an exchange student in D.C. So like she would come over saying all her British idioms and I already knew them because I listened right. to Grime music, you know. Gotcha. You know, oh, my days, everything with you is a long <laughs> thing, yeah. And all yeah. That. So I know that and you hear it and you're like, oh, it's really not, you know, just like people of my generation, we might say, oh, yeah, that track is dope. Most people don't say dope. It, it dates you. Someone like her would say, oh, my days, you know where they're from, you know, and it just yeah. I like I like that idiosyncratic language and dialogue that people bring, you know, even over here, you think of. I mean, the Dutch, there's tons of them, and they all got different styles, and they all say different things. And just to know these little idiosyncratic sayings, it, it's just interesting to me. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of your work is based on conversation, isn't it? Which I kind of like, which in a way also harks back to Amsterdam for me, because people do sit about chatting, don't they, in coffee shops and yeah, bars and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I have do. to say, just before we get onto the re-up, I've just got to say, one of my favourite stories was the one where you, you're, you're basically sitting with two mates and you tell them a story. And it's all about how you met Shalimar when you were a kid. That yeah. was like one of my favorite things ever. And uh, yeah. it goes back to that. I heard a comedian say once, you can't say people are, are motherfuckers. You've got to say they were Shal those Shalimar motherfuckers. And that sounds much better. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I dig that. I totally, I get on board with that. So did you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, that's quite a good little snapshot of your comic, I think, in a way. You know. I, I, yeah, because that was one where I mean, I'll give y'all the, the the skinny behind that. I actually, because I go out and I send comics when I make a new one, I send them out, try to get press. So yeah. I send to all types of people, and you know, most of which do not review my comic. That's just how it goes. Yeah, and uh, I'm cool with that. But then I got a I got a letter back from a black comic site, and they were like, "Your comics aren't black enough." And I'm like, what's <laughs> <laughs> a load of nonsense? Yeah. What? I'm like, nigga, what? And so, like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, y'all gonna try to play me like that? Because again, I was trying to do something without, again, I see this subscription to identity. And a lot of people, they don't really have a story. They'll just talk about whatever issues plague their community, which is cool. But at the same time, it's like if you're doing something autobiographic, I want to know what plagues you, what is going yeah, on yeah. in your mind. Yeah, agreed. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's okay. It ain't black enough. I got one for you. And the funny thing was, like, the way that went down, it really went down like that. Like, I'm sitting in the bar. We hear the Shalimar song. I start saying it. The dudes I'm with, they don't know it because they're young. I tell them, 
And I'm like, I actually met these dudes. And they're like, really? Yeah. So I commenced to tell them the story. And the one character in there, my uncle, whoo, he was a wild boy. So like, <laughs> and the way he talked to us, he really used to talk to us like that. Like, hey, y'all little niggas need to hurry up, get your shit, let we can fucking go. You know, that's how he would talk. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, well, shit, I grew up with this. Let me, let me put this in a comic because I don't see nobody else doing it to this degree. And, and really telling such a such an honest story rooted in I mean this is a dude who you know he grew up at a certain time he's would be completely toxic man nowadays because yeah, of how yeah. he talked but those were the times and that's how yeah. a dude like him spoke um and I'm like I'm gonna put this in here in an unadulterated fashion and I mean the feedback on that one has been very good people really like that story and um yeah we were sharing I, some panels from that today oh yeah, cool, cool. yeah up. yeah i love that one and then i mean honestly it just it just flowed and then at the end end of that whole thing i'm like you know what i'm writing this in a comic and uh to, I'll, I'll let you in on a little a little bit of uh news there's a part two to that oh cool okay, okay. Nice. so yeah. that'll be forthcoming as well and um so i almost feel like part two of that story is the re-up in a way do you know what i mean because your sort of naivety as a kid in like why are they going in the bathroom (laughs) why are they all going in the bathroom together (laughs) what's going on um almost leads into another bigger slice almost of autobiographical comics which is your history isn't it which is the re-up yeah yeah did you want to talk a bit to that man because that's kind of the the issue three is about to come out is that right i'm thinking um working on issue two's coming out well you guys got it early i'm really oh, okay issue two right yeah we are very lucky yes yeah, yeah you're lucky and then uh <laughs> so we're gonna work on we're gonna actually i just i'm i'm doing like an exhibit out here so as soon as that's done in the next couple of weeks we're busting out on three because we're actually in juliet my artist she's doing a uh she's drawing a kid's book you were saying this to me, yeah. She's a kid's yeah. artist, yeah. Normally, yeah, so yeah. She's finishing she's one such up. Such a wonderful artist as well for this book. Yeah, so she's good. a pro. She, she a reminds pro. me a bit of we've got a, an artist over here called Catriona Chapman. There's there's a quality of that to her work, I think. Um, yeah. If you know Catriona's work, yeah. you, she would have been at the Thought Bubble Europe, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. I'll check her out. And uh, so, like, we'll start on three because we're both very anxious to do it. Right. And um, again, the. Juliet drew in my fourth issue. I have a I have a, a story in a strip club called Where Them Dollars At, and uh, <laughs> she she so she drew that, and we met at this festival, and you know she's a little older than me, um, and you know she kind of just we met at this festival. She's like, yeah, I heard of you. I'd like to work with you because I'm tired of doing this kid stuff. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's see what we can do. So we we came up with this. I told her I got a story at the strip club. So we had to go to the strip club, which was hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> had to, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, had to. So, well, she had never been. So I'm like, well, we got to get the story right. So we there's a, there's a, a really interesting. Obviously, I've been to one just purely for work purposes. But the um, <laughs> strip clubs, there's a real interesting dynamic at a strip club. People who haven't been to them think that men are the power players in strip clubs and you are not no oh, God girls no, in strip no. clubs are the sharks yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. it's an interesting yeah, it's place definitely to be. true um so we did that story and it went well and then we also became friends like straight up 
really cool. Like we would hang out, get coffee, go. I go to her house for dinner. I know her husband, her son. She know my wife. She just cool people. Oh. And, you know, a, a commensurate artist. So we were chilling one day and she's like, you know, I want to do something like mag- like a magnum opus. I said, I want to do the same thing. And she's like, do you have a story? And I'm like, well, I said, I got, it's autobiographical. I can see it working with your art form, your art style. And I, and I began re-up as prose and I quit. I maybe okay. wrote like five chapters, even a few of which I threw out already, you know, cause you know, you gotta be, uh, you know, just, just really cutthroat with your own yeah. right and try mm-hmm. to like, ah, good premise, but let's get rid of this. So, You'll be honest yeah. with yourself and you, yeah. 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 Yes, you do. So I, I changed like the first chapter into that first issue and um, she was digging it. So she started drawing and as it was coming out. I'm like, wait, this looks really good. And I'm like, again, this sort of thing where you're like in comics, especially with autobiography, you really got to do something that no one else is doing. You know, like I see a lot of, again, the, the navel gazing that happens. Yeah. It's like, Mm. You know, I I was a big fan also of this fellow from the states called uh, named Dennis Eichhorn. Okay, and he did a comic called Real Stuff. Okay, and he he had man, this I don't know why they don't reprint this, but this man had like just he had a wild life, like in jail, crazy sex stories, crime, people getting shot in front of him, all sorts of wild stuff, and. His, his comics were really entertaining. He maybe wasn't as good as a writer as like a Harvey, but he had a story to tell. So yeah. I thought, well, shit, man, I, I kind of got a story to tell, man. For like a strong four years, I was selling herb and not like, <laughs> you know, people will see like half-baked and think, oh, you so we, it's not a big deal. And you're like, nah, man, like I was making money, man. I was like spending money. I was up and down the East Coast. I was, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had dough. I was pounds were being traded, a lot of dough. Yeah. At one point, I'm making like seven Gs a week, which is not kingpin money, but damn, that's good. <laughs> Who's going to scoff at <laughs> seven Gs a week? So That ain't but, comic money, I'll tell you that. No, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely. That's like image yeah. comics money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, <laughs> you know. And so I mean, I, 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 are, you, are you a little bit? disappointed chad that they've legalized it everywhere it, does it's it so, hit your heart a little back, bit man it does it's weird because i was just back in dc and uh you know I, I take the comic to some places i even took it to a dispensary there and they're like oh wow one one lady in the dispensary was like i don't even remember weed not being yeah. legal yeah and i'm like yeah well that kind of makes it interesting though because it is like a almost like a prohibition story yeah, you know. it is, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. When you right. think that I, I was in, I was talking to you when I was in Toronto last year, and it, it's there's more weed shops than there are Starbucks there. Yeah, that's true. They're it's become a massive business, isn't it? Wow. You know, it, it's nice, and I, I I quit smoking, but I'll I'll, I'll delve into an edible, which is nice because in Toronto and Canada, the edible game is really fantastic. Okay. And over here, they don't really. You can get cakes, but. It's it's so advanced over there, and it is weird to see, because you know when you're so used to something like man, I actually, I risk like my freedom, yeah, to sell this. People went <laughs> to prison for a long time, you know, yeah. for stuff that's now legal. It's really yeah. weird, right. isn't it? It's you know? very strange. And uh, in D.C., everyone, you smell. It's not as bad as uh, 
Toronto, but there's herb everywhere. And it's yeah. just, it's mind blowing. So it is, it is weird. And it is a weird time to come out with the story, but I think the timing's pretty good because there are a lot of people who remember it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. I think strange, that's the point of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in a strange time period. Like it's like, I guess it's about 2004 to 2008, which isn't that long ago. But at the rate of technological acceleration, it, it feels like eons ago, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we have phones that you can just call on, but text and, and with T9 yeah. input, which is horrible. So I, it's really nice to go back and just relive all this. But you play see. a lot on that 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 nostalgia for that time, because even um, and we really love the covers for the Real. Fantastic. It's covers, a, a, a really yeah, great it. idea um, yeah, down yeah, to the I point where it's, it's for those who don't know, it's the front of a, a Nokia phone, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a Nokia 33 had a 3360. Yeah, I think you guys had a 3363 or something, but it's similar models as well. I think we had yeah, 3310. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. it's the same, same screen, slightly different model. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be because we were thinking of what will be the uh, logo. And I just you know went online and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, that's it. And of course they have the Nokia font. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 what else could it be? You know so. Um, yeah, and everything just you know the, the, this bright green, which is the weed, the Nokia screen, and the money, you know. So, yeah, all of that is is there. So, uh, can can I also say one of the things that really really warmed me to it? And I, I don't want people thinking because you you certainly don't come across this way, but I don't really want people thinking, oh, this is like a you know true crime, big me, I was a gangster kind no, of story yeah, yeah. because it really isn't. And the, no. the, the the part that I, I just I went oh nicely done was the bit where your mum rings you during a drug deal. That was like brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, she she there was a thing and, and it comes it comes to play in the story. I won't ruin nothing, but she would yeah. always call me at a point when I couldn't answer. Right. And yeah, yeah. and you're like I'm real cool with my mom. I'm not like a mama's boy, but she's just like She's just my favorite person. So we talk yeah. a lot, but she, she, you know, she, she was calling me. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm in this room. Yeah. Everybody else is calling their customers. And I'm, I'm like a neophyte at the time. So I don't really got any customers. And then so my, my mother calls me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I can't, I can't answer this now, man. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't want people to think like, yeah, I'm not 50 cent. I didn't get shot eight times. Uh, yeah. You know, I, that wasn't really my thing. It was more like I was an entrepreneur. I was an independent contractor. And it just so happened to be what I was selling was this. But there yeah. are like there is protocol and risk involved and uh, some danger. But it wasn't like I just was trying to give some because I love the wire, of course. Um, yeah. But I was like, you know. Whenever people think of drug sellers, they always think it's like this sort of thing. Hmm. And it was some of us who were just trying to be as elusive as possible, make our money, and that's it. Like, we didn't want drama. But it comes, of course, because that's just how it goes if you're doing something illegal. But yeah, I don't, you don't have to be the toughest dude in the world. You kind of got to be a little street savvy, yeah. not, be a, yeah. not be a fool, but... It wasn't like I was some, and I guess this is part of the. the you got to be a businessman, haven't you? I suppose. Right. You know, that's yeah. the most important thing, you know. And then the thing is, am I really a criminal? I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, are you now? That's the thing. You're not. You wouldn't yeah. be now, would you? Do you know what no. I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't do anything criminal no more. You know. No, I mean, if you were, if you, if you were doing it now, because it's now fucking legal. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like suddenly they've just somebody's turned a switch and decided, oh no, by the way, this is legal now. You know, it's mm-hmm. things that the police were chasing you around for for decades, and people, all these people spend all that time in jail. Now it's legal. You know, it's just right. strange. You now you just so- need business cards. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like that that was just and I just saw that like, wow, this is something that's not gonna exist for for uh much longer, really, because it seems at least in the States, like I think we're a few years probably from national um legalization, like Canada. In Canada's shocking. Like it's it's not decriminalized like it is over here in the Netherlands. It's it's legal. Right. So wherever you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke a joint, which is like, okay, all right. And uh, so that's, I'm just trying to show people, and there's another side to things, and it isn't always about, you know, killing and death and whatnot. There's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's got some nuance to it. It's got some personality and, to it, man, which is mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, you, you play some um, visual tricks. So some of the other drug dealers, um, you put like a little black line across their faces. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's a great touch. I, I, I thought that would be funny because I mean, already you, you don't learn anyone's name who yeah. it was involved in the yeah. life, and then there's this idea that, of course, they're comic characters, so I'm not drawing them no. necessarily how they look, but more how people looked in that time. But I'm like, wait, isn't it so much funnier if you have this yeah. this black yeah. bar, yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. know, like. Like you're watching, uh, I don't know, the first 48 or something. Yeah. And, and I just thought, yeah, I say, like, let's do that because that is funny. And I've never seen, <laughs> I haven't seen people do that in that. No. You haven't had any fee- feedback from anyone who goes, is that me, you fucker? They're not they're like <laughs> rung you laughing. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm still friends with my old plug. And I actually, before I did this, because I, I, I wrote it and I, the first issue was done. And I'm like, I got to. I got to call this guy because I can't come out with this without his blessing. Right. And yeah. I call him and he's like, I tell him, he's like, he's like, well, send it over. I'm like, okay. So I send it to him, PDF. And he hits me back, back next day. He's like, he's like, oh, well, he said, firstly, it's excellent. He's like, secondly, I wasn't that fucking mean, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you were. But uh, so um, I know exactly who you mean by that comment. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, yeah, yeah. But he was like, yo, he's like, just, you know, no names. Don't mention any specific places. I'm like, of course not. He said, I know you know that. But yeah, he's like, man, go for it. He's like, that's good. You, you're going to do it. So I had to. And that's, I guess that's just that street code shit. Where I, I, it wouldn't have sat right with me if I hadn't got his blessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I yeah. did. You know, and also he's out the game too. Well, so, he has to be, I suppose. Yeah. 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 You know. What's so, the uh, um, distribution like? Because I know you were telling me a story where you actually drive around shops in the states, don't you? But how is it yeah. going in the UK? Have you got any um, people distroing it out here for you? Or? I don't have anybody yet. I know you told me these fellows, and he actually followed me online. Yeah. As well, so third the plan band. good guys. Yeah. yeah the, the plan is. After I do this, uh, I'm doing this exhibit at our library out here, Sunday Funnies exhibit. So once that's done in the next couple of weeks, I'll have some time and I'll jump on that because I would love to get more UK distribution because, I mean, thus far, I was kind of just dealing with, uh, I sent a few issues to Gosh, like of Chad and Amsterdam. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't even think the re-up is in the UK. If, if yeah, I was wondering that. People well, I, I mentioned you to I mentioned you to Greg and Gosh yesterday, and he knows your work, man. So I'm sure he'd be open to it. That's oh, Stephen Ingram, Third Bear Press. Steve, Steve Wood is the Third Bear, and I think Greg and Gosh definitely as well are worth yeah. a, a okay, shout. Okay, Greg. Yeah, yeah. I will I will hit them up because I would love for the to be accessible to the folks over there because I know, I mean, I grew up reading and loving uh, British comics, hmm. like uh, UK comics. Like you guys got, well, at least in my time, some of the best writers we yeah. had, they, what they call it, the British invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Moore, Milligan. Uh, I know no, Milligan's gonna... great. We're going to talk about him a bit later. Yeah, Milligan's oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I was a fan of Milligan big time. I just reread Enigma recently, and that was great. Yeah. And uh, so that I mean, yeah, I mean, David Gibbons. I was even finding I'm like, wait, all these people are <laughs> coming from Britain. Now it blew my mind. Like, yeah, like James Robinson. I love Starman. You know, yeah, yeah. So, he's a geezer, isn't he? Yeah, really nice. Oh, geezer. he's great. Yeah. So like, it, it was just you know. So I was influenced. So to have my comics in Britain and people feel it for me that's an honor and I probably I'm probably highly I, mean, I used to watch a lot of like you know I like British humor and yeah and, and we know Amsterdam as well you know the thing is we, we we've you know we most of us have been there at some point yeah. on a stag do or something you know right of so, course yeah of we course. know it there man yeah yeah, yeah. I'd I, I, I I'd have lost weekend there myself. <laughs> but, but the re, the re-up as well has a um, you know I I think that the British readers are also more so now they're very open to tales from all over the world as well and the way the re-up is written is very it's it's so easily accessible. Yeah, for, I was absolutely like, gripped. Yeah, throughout yeah. that. Oh well, that's great to hear. I mean, that's what I'm going for. So. Uh, the one thing I've heard from everybody who's read it, who I've spoken to at least, they're all like, dude, I, I, where, when's the next issue coming? So for mm, me, yeah. that's the absolute best thing you can do. So I'm like, all right, I, I left them wanting more. I, I want to complete this. Yeah, I want to complete this story. What's, these, think, what's the issue number you're going for? Uh, I At the moment, I have 20. Oh, well, wow, okay. Yeah, which is like, whoa. Okay, now this is funny because when I first when I first plotted it out, and um, I presented this to Juliet, she was like, "Well, how many issues do you want to do, or how many chapters?" I'm like, 40. and she's like, "No way, am I?" Done? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Absolutely not. So she's like, "You got it." No, she's like, "Kill your baby." So I went back, and then I think I chopped it down to like 28. She's like, "Got to go lower than that." So I kept going. And, <laughs> And right now, at least, you know, I, I do the whole index card thing. So at the moment, I'm at 20. Uh, it could go down to maybe as far as 18, but it's, you know, it's it's a graphic Like a nice novel. little trade, wouldn't it, as well? Like a graphic novel, yeah, yeah. Sort of fanographic Z type thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the point, is to mm. make it about that length, you know, probably about 400 something pages. It's the, it's a, it's, it's, it's a book, it's a, it's an opus. So, you know, we want it to be that major work. So I'm, I, I, and I want people to really get the points I'm trying to put in there, and uh, also be very honest in what I did right, what I did wrong, because I did a lot wrong. But I guess the one thing I did right is I got out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, you know, I guess everybody probably will know. Oh, you must have gotten away. What I did, but you want to know how, and that's the end. You know. Yeah. So 
yeah, league. Yeah, I want to yeah. leave people up to that. Because where we are in the story right. that, that that we've, I mean, obviously we are honoured to have already read issue two. To get, but yeah. even just on issue two, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. We know no. just about. Yeah, you've hinted it gets a bit yeah. more serious, haven't you? As yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, it it gets wild, and you're kind of like, because I, I mean, even just going back and like, I'm like, holy shit! Like, I can't believe I was doing this stuff, and. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all gonna be there again. It's it's not. I don't get shot. I can tell you that much. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> but it, it, there is stress, and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, and yeah. these are the things that you go through, and it, it's you know, uh, my boy said it's kind of like a comic Breaking Bad, and I'm like, I guess I guess to a degree it is. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, it's yeah. not as it's not as violent, and you know, but there are characters, and you're meeting these people along the way, and you're like, yeah. And and that's just what it was. Like like I said, I wanted a story that stood out that I knew. They all what they say, write what you know, at least yeah. in the beginning. And you know, I'm I'm new to this comic stuff. So I was like, you know, maybe I, I, I wanted to sharpen my sword doing shorter stories because I'm a firm believer you wanna you wanna get good at story structure and writing entertaining stories, even if they are short. Because I know the kind of the mood, the thing over here is everybody wants to do graphic novels, and I'm yeah. like, yeah. why don't why don't you just you never wrote a graphic novel? Why don't <laughs> yeah. you do short, why don't you do yeah. short stories? Yeah, yeah, we get that all the time. Yeah. It's all we yeah. hear yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I, I mean, you say you've just started, but you know, you, you've already hit hit the level as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, if the, the, this is your opus, I cannot wait to hold the the 400 page. Um, That's, yeah, I yeah, could yeah, probably no, no, kill no, someone with. If it's four hundred pages, <laughs> um, but into, with all those chapters, I was, I was wondering. I mean, you you have a couple of great uh, quotes, testimonials for one in the, in the inside cover. Um, do you already oh. have those lined up? I mean, I I, I would so oh, yeah. read the first one out now, but I don't think I could ever do it justice because oh, uh, yeah. I'm an Hold English on. white boy. So oh my god, you're funny. Hold on, let me let me <laughs> so. Yeah, I, you know, and, and that's that's honestly a uh, that was an influence of the wire. I love how they would always pull an epigraph from that episode, and you know, start off give 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 this yeah. this this uh, vibe, yeah, I like that. Structure. I love that in books. Yeah, so yeah. I love it, and it's tough though. People don't realize how tough it is. So you're always trying to find one. Sometimes you just I'm listening. Most of them are coming from rap or other drug movies or whatnot and as i hear them i just write them down and you know put them in a little mm. little little file or something so the first one or the first issue comes from um jay-z mm. on his song dead presidents and he says uh while others spit that wonder ramen shit me and my conglomerate shall remain anonymous caught up in the finest shit <laughs> so the, for me the thing that stuck was me and my conglomerate shall remain anonymous and then you look. Yeah. The first panel is this dude with those eyes blacked out. So yeah. Already, like it's that's so I'm looking for that each time. The second one's from Stringer Bell, because you know it's hard to find something about the hotel, because well, y'all read it. It's a hotel privy issue, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got I, I got quite a few. I got the one for number three ready, and each time. I got they're, they're layups, aren't they? Really, it's like when you watch a movie and like you have the black title card and a quote comes up to begin with. It gets yes. you ready for the kind of yeah. atmosphere that we're going into. 
Oh man, yeah. the great we're massive fans of Dune here. The books, you know, the series, yeah, of Dune. Oh, yeah. and they do that at the start of every chapter, don't they? They have a little quote at the start of every chapter. Yeah, and I, it, it's I a made up quote, but I love it. Yeah, it gives just yeah. gives you a taste and a tone and everything the you need. Grounding. Yeah, right. yeah, and, and and that's that's what I'm trying to do. You know, make it cinematic and feel, and just yeah, really just give you that that vibe. Like it's it also what I like is it connects your art to other art and other pieces of and, and yeah. you know a time and whatnot and, and mentality so I, I do like an epigraph i do it in uh chad in amsterdam too yeah. i just think it, it really ties an uh, uh, issue together and uh or a chapter yeah. yeah here's a thought for your 400 page opus why don't you make <laughs> the, <laughs> why don't you make the paper quite thin um, so that you can easily use it to roll things. In <laughs> now, now let let me tell you that I really, I really did research, and hemp paper is not cheap. I was thinking maybe, maybe you could get like you know some end papers or something, or the the cover, something. Oh, you know the, the uh, yeah, 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 something made out of something rollable. That's great because. Uh, yeah, Bibles, Bibles are there for a reason, my friend. We all know Indeed, that. I've definitely yeah. done that. It's, it's not the best thing to roll in, but I've done it before, yeah. for sure. You know, <laughs> indeed. But you're gonna are you gonna collect Chad as well? Yeah, actually, I got a um, there's a Dutch publisher called Scratch Books. They right. make fantastic books. So we met last year at Angoulême, and uh, I signed with them. They're gonna collect one through six. Oh, nice. Oh, Chad and Amsterdam, hard, hardcover format. We're working oh, on wow. that. that. That should be out later this year with a little nice. a little bit of bonus material in it and whatnot to make it worth people's while if you already got the originals. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be nice. They they do really good stuff, and I thought that being makes sense to go with them, especially I'm over here and the book's about Amsterdam. And I'm in good company because they publish really, really nice books, a lot of which have been – translated and presented into different markets as well yeah that's so, what you gotta do man that's where the money is these days i think the foreign that's where that market. Money is. Yeah, yeah yeah indeed so yeah looking forward to that so that that's a great thing cool and you said you had a, an exhibition coming up as well what's that about man yeah i do this uh i got this anthology i call megala which is like a yiddish word for uh the whole story so right. okay. we came out we came out with an anthology in uh I guess the end of 2021 and um, I'm doing a new one and it's based on Sunday funny. So you got like, you know, kind of based off old Popeyes and little Nemo and crazy cat. So I got 35 artists from around the world, really doing full page comics in color. And we frame them up in the uh, expo expo hall in the, in the library. And then we're also going to actually make a paper. The paper's free, so all the comics will be in the paper as well. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so it's a nice little collector's item. And again, it's free. You just uh, People can get it. I'm going to make folks, they got to buy a book from me, and I'll get it for free. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if you see me, I'll give you one. At a, at one <laughs> of but don't just come up to me and like, oh, can I get that? No, because we got some good people in it, like some really – Yeah really really good folks uh in it and the work yeah it's just it's just fantastic i'm going for anthology of the year with this i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) and when's when's that exhibition sorry dude sorry to interrupt oh no no problem exhibition starts march 3rd and oh wow so right yeah and the whole exhibit runs until may 
31st. So you got time. Oh, nice. Nice. If you're in cool. town, yeah, nice check time. it out. It's free. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'll be looking you up if I'm in town, you. my friend. I tell you yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of seeing you, where can our lovely listeners find out more about your work and everything that we've been talking about today? Oh yeah, word. I'm at um, let's see, chat at in Amsterdam dot nl or bistrobooks.eu. Um, I'm online. I'm on Twitter, Chad in Amsterdam. Instagram is Chad dot n dot Amsterdam. Uh, and those are, I, I would say my, my Instagram is probably the best place to yeah. follow me. And then, uh, I'm doing a few festivals this year. I'm doing uh mocha in New York, April oh, cool. 1st and 2nd. And then I'm doing TCAF in Toronto. The, uh, is that the 30th and the 31st of April, I think. And, oh, it's um, moved forward, isn't it? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. moved forward. So I'm doing that. And then other than that, just trying to get into certain things. I think I'm going to apply for this. Uh, what is it? The uh, South London Comic Fest. Oh, no. Comic Contain Fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I'll Last week's guest will be there as well. Well, we will, we're, we're planning on heading down. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, because it's yeah, been yeah. a while since I've been in London just in general, and I love London. So um, yeah. I might do Thought Bubble this year. We'll see. I'm going I'm to yeah. apply at least, but we'll see. I just like that. Harrogate's a cool little city, but then I like driving up to Glasgow afterwards, yeah. you know. So I might do that. I might do that as again. I did it what what was that two years ago? Yeah, that's when we yeah. we met you there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I might do that again. But uh always trying to get over and get into the UK. I love I love I love uh England, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Nice. Nice. Cool. And we love you and your works. So yes. Go uh, check uh, go check them out, people. I uh, appreciate y'all, man. So it was after I sort of identified uh, him for what he was and all that fucking That's drugs and sex. What? I, I got asked to, to stand down from the uh, the fan club. That so. is oh, right. unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That, that is, seems a bit strong. That's shocking behaviour. That's the blazing squad for you, mate. <laughs> Dear God! Once you're in, you can never get out. I, I when they throw you out, I didn't realize, you know, behind the scenes, all the violence that was involved. It's, yeah. it's just craziness, mm. and an orgy as well. Yeah, yeah, blimey! Disgusting. And that was the story when Dan went into an orgy, but I don't know if that audio came out, so you might not hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey, <laughs> you know. Well, that and the Blazing Squad fan group were quite it was one in the same story yeah yeah so that so, time the blazing squad were tired you had to lift his bum up and down that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> what uh, enough of this enough of this foolery enough of this <laughs> enough. um obviously uh thanks to chad for joining us because that was nice yeah thanks awesome. chad. that yeah. was a cracking yeah, yeah, yeah. cracking interview yeah, yeah, yeah and seriously go check out that i mean we I loved all these comics, but the fucking re-up is yeah. great. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were lucky enough to read issue two early, and it's it's one that's definitely going to be on a lot of people's lists. So, <laughs> yeah, onwards and upwards. And speaking of which, do we have any shout-outs this week? We yes, I got a few. So, um, we got sent through um, a new book coming that is currently on Zoop at the moment, the, the crowdfunding platform by Steve Horton. It's called Nine Lives. Um, he's, Steve Horton is the guy who did Bowie, Stardust. Ray Guns and Moonage book, if you remember, and a guy called the artist is Chris Peterson, and it's a story about a story about the incarnations of the seven or something nine incarnations of the same per, same woman throughout history. Um, we've seen some preview images, look stunning. So go and have a look at that one. See if you want to get behind that one. Um, the still on the lookout for some one, two, and three pages for DUI three. Mm. Um, 
if you do have an idea or you just want to chat to Eamon about an idea or you might be a writer without an artist or an artist without a writer, then go to duicomic3 at gmail.com. If you're on the Slack, there's a DUI channel you can join as well. Go and have a look at that. Eamon's all over that. Um, so there's some great stuff already. Um, yeah, we got we got our script okayed this week, so we're full steam ahead with our one. Um, something that Dan and I are in is Madeline. Um, it's on Kickstarter yes. at the moment. Um, a really nice homage to the old fanzines of our youth, um, and it's it's now gone a bit highbrow because it's going to be it's going to be perfect bound. So we're looking forward mm. to that. It's um, a little just collection of people's memories and stories about comics they have. Not quite what you you would expect for some of them. Dan's gets a bit saucy, mm. um, and any money that is made beyond the printing costs and the postage costs will be going to the Alzheimer's Society. So it's it, it's doing really well. I think it just hit over two hundred percent today, which is great news. I so go back to the NIA. So oh, that thanks, also man. talks about it. So yeah, go go back, Madeline on Kickstarter. Yeah, good. It's a good little project. And finally, yeah. congratulations to two thousand AD, forty six years old wow. today. Oh. Yeah, it only seems like yesterday we were at the fortieth. Do you remember, guys? God, yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, bloody um, hell. It's the only keep Facebook for those memories coming up, and it came up <laughs> yeah. when we was at, yeah, at that convention. All the photos. Yeah, I know what you mean. And um, thanks to Pat, Mister Pat Mills, for starting it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Pat. I was chatting to him today, and uh, yeah, he's a dude. So congratulations, two thousand eight, forty-six years. Bloody hell, keep rocking. There you go. Yeah. Dan, you got any? Yeah, we got uh, on the Slack. We've got our Spawn Hub uh, still going strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This week was the, the the odd issues, as in Todd McFarlane got called in some favours. Uh, you got Alan Moore, Dave Sim, and the other names escape me now to do. Neil Gaiman does one, wasn't he? Neil Gaiman, yeah, he yeah. does one. And they're very odd issues. They're like really just. Was that it, the introduction of Angela? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't and really it's the one where Cerebus is in Cerebus yeah. is in an issue, and half of it is drawn by part of it is drawn by Sim, isn't it? And the rest is yeah. drawn by McFarlane. It's very strange. But he seems to just be taking the opportunity to have a pop at the bigger publishers. Yeah, it's right. kind of obviously Todd must have been loving that after what happened. Uh there's a big bit in it which I, I didn't spot at the time, but now I know from reading it like at the day, uh when Liefeld called his character uh, Bedrock. And uh, Hanna Barbera said, "No, no, you can't call that." And they had to change it to Bedrock. Uh, Bedrock. Okay. And in the alley, spawns with all the uh, hobos, and they they sing the Flintstones theme song. Oh, uh, I never knew and that. He ends up saying Wilma, and it's like <laughs> Wilma. <laughs> why I didn't fucking plan that. Why does that keep coming up <laughs> yeah. this week? They're in the Matrix. Yeah. So uh, I was like, "Have you just done that? Just as a fucking shot?" Uh, yeah. Because of that ruling, and obviously he, I can imagine he did. I mean, I I bought I think the first thirty or forty or something, and I read the odd issue, and it just made no sense to me, man. I, to be fair, I don't know why I was buying it. <laughs> I, I I thought more of it than I did when I'm reading it now. I'm like, this is fucking vapid. There's absolutely nothing here. It's right. really it just looks cool, you know. Yeah, even some of the stuff is just like it looks cool, but it doesn't really function. It's yeah, I, mm, got real real problems with it. Uh, if it was like a small press one that someone had done and sent in, I'd I'd be equally as harsh on it. I think. Yeah. But so, if you want your voice to be heard, join the the Spawn Hub. We're moving on to uh, eleven to fifteen this week. Well, how many are you going to do, man? You decided on five a week up to a hundred, and then we'll, oh wow, we'll, oh we'll bloody see, hell, we'll see right. how we get on. We'll see it's going really well. It's a great. I'm not. I'm a member of that group, but I'm not sort of reading along. I must catch up if I can. But it's a great fun. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. There's so many insights people 
posted up. So bloody, I didn't even spot that. But yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think it just be like a marathon event. See who's <laughs> yeah. left at the end, and uh, he's dropped out. Yeah, yeah. won't be yeah. left of him. There's uh, few people, few people cracking on with it though. Yeah, yeah. It's nice I think it's a couple yeah. people said, "Oh, we're going to get involved in this." Uh, I get a shout out to James Mundell's Kickstarter, The Predators, uh, a one pound twelve page comic short that's kind of stalled on the funding a little bit that could do a bit of helping there's a bit okay. of discussion about this and the how do you pitch this project and how do you get it to work so i think there's a lot of people looking at this project to see how it plays out yeah uh, so it's, I, a, it's a, a low price comic but you need a lot of backers yeah so is, yeah it's it's a it's an experiment almost isn't it to me it's a see if t- it'll work it's a tough one. i mean if you get like a load of backers next time you do a project you've got 800 backers for it which yeah. is going to get notified but it's, it's getting that 800 people on the first project. That's that's Hard a big game. ask. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a hard one. And well, we're giving it a shout here, so yes. hopefully it will So work. go yeah. check it out, see yeah. if it's your cup of tea. We've got uh, Lawless Comic Con, Double Tree yep. by Hilton Hotel, Bristol, 27th, 28th of March, 2023. Your tickets uh, are now available. You've got 96 days, roughly, since when you hear this, to uh, go check it out, uh, buy a ticket. Mm. Uh, Good I think it was one of your guests... Uh, one of the guests has written a book. No, he hasn't. I'm talking out my ass there. Uh, scrub that bit, V. I know you won't, but <laughs> <laughs> he knows me so well. Uh, a bit are of nepotism. You, are you talking about the book I'm going to talk about in a minute? Yes, yeah, 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 okay, right. Fine, yeah, yeah. Bit of nepotism. Uh, I've opened up a big cartel store to sell my wares because I, I didn't really have a, a good place to kind of sell my books and comics and stuff. So if you go to DZ Publishing, uh, bigcartel.com uh, that's D D double E Z double E publishing uh, the reason I did that I, I set that that company up ages ago I think when we I was trying to like register Vanguard for something I was like I've got no idea what to call the publishing company so I just used my, my first initial my wife's first initial <laughs> that's what I thought it was something to do with D's balls that's what oh, I thought no. it was. I mean I could respin uh. the story now to make it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why we called it D's balls publishing yeah <laughs> Just, ah, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just sell a pack of peanuts on there and just go on these nuts. <laughs> there you have, go. Have you seen these? These what? These nuts. These nuts. Um, <laughs> um, my shout out this week. Uh, want to say a big uh, shout out to the guys from the Lakes International. Oh, oh yeah, of course, course comic, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. sent them a text earlier. The, yeah. the comic arts podcast. Um, there's a wonderful library. Um, they, they're calling it a day on their podcast after many years of, of doing it but it's about five years or something yeah, maybe more i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're good friends with uh ian nicky and Pete, just the whole gang and mike mike's um, oh, mike is my hero i love yeah, mike yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. a big shout out to them um they lit there's a huge library of and like episodes that you can go back and, and check out we really suggest you do if fantastic you careers on there yeah Really yeah, yeah. It was really yeah they, I think they got they did I mean they did well over a hundred. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's real shame that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't realise yeah. until mm. So they they've moved on to other things and obviously we hope they're awesome with whatever they do and we we're looking forward to bumping into them because they still you know, they still love comics. They still love comics and yeah, yeah. Comic I was and, texting and, with them today. And, and yeah, Nikki yeah. makes wonderful comics of her own and, and Pete they're just they're awesome people. And we wish yeah. her the best. And I like Nikki because she always tells me off whenever and, I see her. Um, well, I, I appreciate anyone who tells you <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, very but, wise. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see them and probably chat to them at a convention in the future. Yeah. Um, but I think with all of that done, 
it's time to um, recommend some stuff. Uh, Tony. I was going to ask you, what, what have you got, V? Why? I'm just thinking, I want... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean I'm I've, got several, yours... I've got several things I need to see a doctor about. What? But I'm, I think I might... Have I read what you're talking about today? No. Oh, okay, right, okay. I thought it was going to be something else. Oh, well, you might have. You've read everything, Tony, so that's the... That's no, no, the, no, I think... The... No, I thought it might be something else. So I'm... I've got... In fact, I've got three... Um, but one is one I just wanted to mention quickly is something that Dan has just produced. Oh, Did you yeah, want to mention that, Dan? Yeah, go what for was, it. So, what? Because you were saying you're about to send out the physical copies and everything, are you? Yeah, they should be kind of hitting people's doorsteps early next week, uh, early to mid next week. Uh, right, Viper Crimson Dawn, uh, yeah. which finally it's got printed this out there and released the digital copies on Friday. So uh, I've had some great feedback so far, and I'm. I'm stoked that you guys like it and now, enjoy it. I mean, I mean, we love it. And Tony, I'm going to throw this idea at you now. Um, yeah. Because, well, you know, we love to just plan the future of this show live yeah. on the show. Um, <laughs> but um, episode 401. I think it might be the Crimson Dawn. Shall we interview? Shall we see if we can get in touch with the creator of uh, Viper Crimson? I don't know Dawn if he's available. And uh, like just, <laughs> the, uh... to, just to talk about like those comics and like yeah, making of okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no spoilers. Dan, it fucking made me cry laughing today. Oh, awesome! The fact you've got a spy organization of ladies called the Swallows just fucking <laughs> made me laugh out loud. I was reading this comic. Just fucking loved it. So I wanted to give that a shout. I didn't want that to go past and not mention it because I know I've been texting. We've been texting about it today, but it was it was marvelous. And it's seriously, it's it's an amazing comic. We've been been lucky enough to read the PDF. Looks glorious. Obviously, behind the scenes, we've been aware of like you know what what Dan's been working on. But the reason, like, I just wanted to, and I know Dan, you're probably like blushing or feeling uncomfortable. Yes. That we're going, we're going to add. <laughs> you're going to be the guest for episode 401, which means I won't even put you in the introduction. No, um, and you'll only be on for an hour. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no um, it's just literally, it's been a. I mean, we can we can start with the the history of Viper and stuff, but I know this one particularly has has been an interesting road, whether it be the production of it. There's mm. been a few thoughts towards the end of it as yeah. well, isn't there, about yeah. about it, which we won't spoil for the interview, but yeah, 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 yeah good stuff, man. Anyway, that's I just wanted yeah. to say that one, man, because I, I fucking, oh, cheers, yeah, I went, yeah. I always, I always I try and go it. for a coffee. Yeah. I go, yeah, I go for, and I know Tom Curry said the same as well, but I go for a coffee every Sunday morning so I can write some notes for the show. And I've been putting aside because we've had it for a couple of days. I said, right, I'm going to enjoy this without the fucking people in my house in my ear. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to, I can read it quietly, and it was just fucking making me laugh. You know, those comic, we do this all the time, comics we really love. We we did it with Chad's actually. We take little screenshots of panels and send them to each other because we we think you know they're great or funny or whatever they're going to be. I did that with four four of yours today. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, I got to say the the main character is so fun to write. Man, he looks like you in one panel. I tell you now, it's fucking <laughs> you. I swear to God, it's yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad the, I'm not the only person. This <laughs> is, mate. I'm the worst person to not put my put myself in comics, but I think I think <laughs> you banging that bird from behind. Got me slightly aroused, <laughs> Daniel. That's it now. But, uh, <laughs> um, right. Anyway, on to my first recommend. Other than that, um, second recommend is, is a book. Um, let's 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 flip the narrative because it's called Sacrament. Issues one to five, which uh, Dan's got a number of dirty sacraments in his comic, but this is uh, something different. Um, <laughs> <How> dare you, <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, 
this is the, the collection of issues one to five, which is published by AWA Studios. I know Chad mentioned Pete Milligan um, when we were interviewing him, and I have to say, I think Pete Milligan is the best writer of comics working at the moment. Hmm. I think that genuinely thing in mainstream comics, and he's he jumps from all different companies, but he never seems to find a home at Marvel or DC. And I think they're afraid of how good he is. I genuinely do think that. And this is another one of his like just brilliant ideas carried off. Um, art by Marcello Fruzin, letters by Sal Cipriani, um, published by AWA. The story is it's 2099 and mankind has spread across the universe. And there's like big sort of um, industrial colonies on planets, you know, that are mining and this a bit like Outland. You know that movie Outland? Yes, sort of, there's yeah. all these different sort of industrial looking, gr- gr- you know, gritty, like grotty, just, you know, you wouldn't want to live there. The air is full of smoke and disgusting. And he's, the man is trying to survive in these hostile environments. And along with this, um, religion is against the galactic law. It's actually illegal to be religious. And Father Vass, who is a Christian priest, he travels around with a nun, I love a sexy nun, um, called Sister Race. I do. And um, there's not that many, are there? Let's face it, you've ever seen a real nun. Um, and they're secretly sort of smuggled in and out of towns and areas to give communion and say mass. And one of the first tasks you see them carry out is um, Vass is called to this place because there's a possessed girl in there. And the, the girl, and you see him with a cross over the top and he's doing an exorcism. But the truth is the girl um, has just got is, is got a disease and is dying and dies in front of them. Um, and everyone thinks, oh, you know, the devil took her and you tried your best father and all this sort of thing. But secretly what what is happening to him is he's, he's lost his faith and he's addicted to the, rather than having... Um, communion you know the communion bread they give out you know yeah they have something called a transubstantiation device and it's it holds it over your head and it's almost like um a mood thing it sort of calms you down you know it's a bit like that it's a sort of like a, a light stroke drug stroke religious thing that they he sort of holds over their heads and this is the new communion sort of thing um a, a, like a brain stimulator i suppose and what he talks about in this is he talks about this theory which is called the god locus which is an area in the brain where they believe that religion lives. Now, if you're caught at a mass or you're a priest or you're caught in any way being religious, you're taken to a camp and they drill into your skull and remove this area of your skull called the the, um, the god locus. Now, Vass is traveling around. He's not been good. He keeps having sexual dreams about the nun, as I would be. Um, but there's <laughs> a there's a uh, there's a, what's called the spy master general is um, he's basically a priest hunter called Marloth. And they're all, they look very SS, these guys. You know, they're sort of part cyborg, part human. And and they he's one of the main guys. And he captures Father Vass. And he says to him, we need you to do an exorcism. And it, it, Vass is saying, well, I can't because I've, I've lost my religion. I can't do it for you. And the, and the sister, she's like, I can do it. I, I can help out. And it goes into this story about they meet this creature. And you you begin to wonder, is it is it an alien? Is it possessed? Is something else going on here? And you slowly begin to realise, and Vass has to kind of work out what he's going to do. Brilliantly written, man. Like, really good. This whole... So it's, it's kind of like there are there are moments of homage to the Exorcist movie. So at okay. one point, there's a there's a moment where the body is hovering above the bed. Like, you get in that in, in it. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you get the stuff by the bed. And obviously, in, in The Exorcist, there's a moment where he wonders whether he's lost his faith. Is he strong enough? And all this sort of thing. You know, why don't you enter me, the demon? Why don't you enter me, sort of thing? And there's there's a moment of that, not in exactly the way you might think as well, which is really interesting. 
Um, and he plays with the characters so well. But it mixes up the exorcism with this whole sort of scientific theory about the god locus being in the brain and this sort of thing. Um, and I really loved that combination of science fiction and religion. Back to June again, Dan. Um, but, you know, this, I really find it interesting. And, and making it, having been a sort of Catholic boarding school boy, making it almost like a Christian Catholicism type thing, um, it, it gives a real metatextual questions that you begin to ask as it goes on the art's good um fruiting is good very readable and um, they didn't go mad oh you could see they could they could easily go madly gothic they could go full-on um full-on hellboy or something like that with it hmm. they, they, they hold back a bit of it all the priests look quite cool there's a slight twist on a on a priest's it's not a uniform is it it's not a costume whatever you call it you know, but it's it's very readable and very visually iconic as a you know Christian priest and stuff. But it's again, it's what I like about this sort of story is it's as much about the people as it is about the environment, and I think that's important with stories like this. Um, you can buy it all in one go now. I think I, I read mine on Comicsology. Um, makes split noise, but you can. It's called Sacrament, <laughs> and it's uh, out of AWA by Pete Milligan. Nice, Pete Milligan is, is the governor. I got to tell you, yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's my first nice. one, guys. Nice. Um, I tried looking at Comicsology earlier this week. Um, <laughs> How did you manage to find anything? Because I can't fucking it's, find anything on uh, it. It's just yeah. fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did as an experiment because um, you know there's the Prime Reading Library. Yeah, there's, there's actually a few books on there. As an experiment, I have sort of picked a bunch of things to read in that so i'm going to try that as an experiment see how that goes okay um, yeah, because yeah. the actual sort of shopping from it or browsing from it is a fucking disaster i think there's some 2008 yeah. stuff on there now isn't there <sighs> who knows i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to tell you because i wouldn't be able to fucking see it anyway i've um... blanked out of my memory i just don't want it <laughs> yeah. just don't want it to exist anymore so sad so sad um but um Dan, do you want to go oh, next door? Oh. Yeah, I I bought uh, Nemesis issue two. Oh, nice work! I've bought it. I haven't read it yet. Nice. I've got it in yeah, my bag. Goes, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I won't go to spoilers too much on it then. Uh, it it's going to be a hard time following in from the first issue, which was absolutely fucking bombastic, just action, action, action. But this delves into the origin of the main character, something which you don't get anything of in the previous miniseries. Uh, is this a, a soft retcon? Do you think this series, or maybe, yeah, it's a continuation, but kind of like you don't have to have read the first one to kind no, of get. No, you this. don't know. No, no and, not at all. Uh, it carries on like Nemesis's kind of crime spree, and he's still got this uh, bounty out. If anyone brings him uh, him a cop badge, he'll pay them like a hundred dollars or something. And he's obviously got this agenda, uh, and it cuts back to when he's a kid, and it starts off like a kind of. Uh, you know those old black and white movies with the title cards that, that yeah. are kind of like in like uh, a script font, and it says who is uh, who is in how he came to be, and it brings you through him as like this fucked up child that he has from coming into like an orphanage to being taken into this society where they they push him to extremes, and it he it, it, it sort of you get a little bit of the backstory, and then you're back into the action, and it ends on a like <laughs> a cliffhanger it were as uh as he gets up to his, his his next bit of action i just want the next one like immediately yeah yeah it's in it yeah it uh, works like that in it yeah george george i'm not sure he said his name george jimenez just yeah. love it fucking great art he's just just does the business like 
from the action sequences to the kind of the the, the slower kind of uh more emotional scenes uh, love it it's got some more kind of like that manga style in where they're bringing in more of the kind of the blurred lines when you move objects and fists yeah i'm not sure if his, his work had that previously or that's something that's a little in. bit but yeah i see that it's exaggerated in this one definitely compared yeah. to his batman stuff yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I really like it uh so i, I recommend if you haven't bought the first one uh, get that one first obviously and then go into this I, I, interesting to see where this is going to go because it, it doesn't feel like a uh, I, I couldn't tell you where I love stories like this. I couldn't tell you where it's going to go. I have yeah. no idea where, where Millard's going to take this, and um, I'm on board for the ride. So I'm uh, looking forward to issue nice. three. Which... I've been thinking about yeah checking this out because yeah, I, 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 I wasn't out. a fan of the first season, series, but this one looks like it's, it's most uh, denser fun. written. Yeah, yeah, the first one was was a quicker read than this one. There's a there's more of a nuance to this one, I think. Yeah. I, I bought the trade of the first one, and I honestly read it, and I was like, I really don't feel like ever reading this ever again. Yeah. I just don't. There was a, it's it's yeah. really nihilistic and just that's that's the person, yeah. It's the nihilism in it, that yeah. Like, okay, cool. anyway. I mean, I get I've got enough of that in my life as is. I yeah. need <laughs> these nuts, yeah. these nuts. <laughs> um, yes, but I'm actually, um, it, it says a lot about the book, but um, I'm tempted to have a look at this new mm. one. So, mm. um, my one is one I, I picked up. This weekend, actually, um, in a, a bookshop. If you ah, ever, saw you post about this. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. If you ever, um, if you're in Bath, um, there's an independent bookshop called Mr. B's um, Emporium. It's a fantastic little independent bookshop that's really just. It's gotten even better recently. Um, there's like you know, there's great art books in there. Um, it's it's there. Are, there are games and game books, but there's a. Um, a nice little graphic novel section. They've got a graphic novel section now, which is which is really really nice. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a it's it's a small small shop, so it's just a, a few shelves. One of the interesting things I th- I was looking at was the manga to the rest of the world, that ratio that we've been talking about recently. Yes. Um, and if you think about three, you know, floor to ceiling bookshelves, that's that's what this this thing is and there was only two shelves of it really two or three shelves of it were like the tokyo pop and a lot of like the, the sort of the japanese books um and most of it there wasn't really any any like marvel or dc this no. is there was quite a lot of image there was you know like no brow there was stuff from all over yeah. you know stuff that we've mentioned about um it was it was delightful sort of going in these lovely hardcover books i'm like oh god i'd love to <laughs> pick that up, but if I had the money, but I did see, I did pick up a hardcover though, which um, for seventeen ninety nine was a bloody good price, I think. Um, and this was a collection I did not know even existed <laughs> of a series that I've already got, and I've already got like the um, three. Is it three or two uh, graphic novels of this series that are in this collection? And there's, I see, there's a, a volume two coming soon this is a book called silver which i spoke about years ago um one of those ones i I found on comiXology one of those like cheap independent ones it's um by a creator called stephen frank who um primarily um he's like an animator writer director and comic book sort of creator okay um he's worked on stuff like the iron giant and like despicable me and like all, all you know stuff like that um but he's he created this this story which is like an 
pulp action roller coaster set in a supernatural world. Uh, the, this this is um, Silver of Treasures and Thieves, book one. The second volume has a different title, but to basically, I thought I'd just because I picked this up, I thought it was one a joy to re read something that I hadn't read for a couple of years because I I got the the trades because it's an American creator small press slash indie creator um it was one of the ones that back in the day i wanted the prints of the trade so i paid a bit of the postage i probably couldn't do that now right um but it's not something you'd find in your normal store do you know what i mean and i, I would normally point people to <coughs> comicsology um but i can't <laughs> do that anymore but yeah so seeing this in a little independent bookshop over here i was like oh wow this is amazing um and it was a joy to reread it again um, just uh, just a, a little uh, synopsis of the story um, from the uh, the dust jacket. Oh yes, oh yes, baby. That's that's how legit this thing is. Uh, <laughs> uh, James Finnegan, master thief, only concerns himself with objects from the first category. This is um, that's objects that shine. Uh, these objects don't hide in plain sight; they hide in dark places. When Finnegan loses his grifter gang's entire fortune in a job gone wrong, he's desperate to make amends. He stumbles on his chance to do so in the crypt of the Harker Foundation, where he finds a bar of pure silver and a notebook that tells of the Silver Dragon, an ancient, immeasurable treasure beyond imagination. Set in the pulp, noir pulp era of the 1930s, in a world where Bram Stoker's Dracula is more fact than fiction, silver is a genre-bending, rip-roaring romp that's equal parts, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's just a, f- a fucking brilliant book. It's black and white, um, rolls along at a hell of a pace. This is... How many pages is this one? There are page numbers. That's quite nice. And it's got some uh, back matter in the back as well, which I'm looking nice. forward to reading properly, like the the behind-the-scenes and making-ofs, which I didn't really see before, yeah. uh, as well as some pin-ups and... Uh, sort of our other artwork that he had this is about 220 pages so it's a nice little um it's not an oversized but i think i think it might be a little bit bigger than the original book but in turn i i think if you're a fan of you know sort of rip roaring roller coaster indiana jones sort of stories that, yeah that, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. kind of vibe boys own so yeah sometimes we like those sort of vibes in comics uh, well, those stories, but comics doesn't always capture it totally, do they? They sometimes, mm. especially with a lot of indie ones, they feel like they're trying to do it, but it's not quite getting there, isn't it? There's something. I missing. think it suffers from people trying to capture tropes, which yes. are like a bit obvious sometimes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one just absolutely sort of captures the imagination. It's basically um, they're robbing from Dracula's tomb. That's that's the premise okay. of it. Yeah, yeah, they're master thieves, and so you've got the collecting the team as well he's got a di- you know but they're not all we're not talking like oceans 11 here they're not like super suave slick you know they're, they're definitely a unique bunch of people um and there's kind of two that stand up and that stand out and that's finnegan and there's a there's a sort of female character that sort of wields a samurai sword who becomes part of the team as well and um it's just it becomes quite epic you know it's sort of uh if you can you know transpose that sort of indiana jones sort of energy you know the sort of things where you have a fight on the top of a moving train that you know a fist fight and the punches go uh it's 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 that but you you put that in transylvania and that kind of vibe you know mix mix a little bit of spielberg with a little bit of hammer horror and gothic horror um 
and when they get to the actual sort of castle itself, the story it just becomes a bit, you know, in, certainly quite worldly as well. It's not very much. It doesn't doesn't really play into the tropes of you know um, cloaks and slick back hair that you would imagine for this kind of thing. There's no. definitely someone who's done their research and developed on the mythos as well. Mm. So it's it, okay. it, it's yeah, it's brilliant and uh, you know, uh, well on the back. Silver is so big, bold, and juicy. Ooh. <laughs> I absolutely love this book. That's Bill Sinkovich. So, who's that? Bill Sinkovich. Sinkovich. Who's yeah. that guy? He must be new, shouldn't he? I've never yeah. heard of him before. Uh, and Young a dy- gun. A dynamic, thrill-filled story, a really, really fun ride. That's from Tim Sale. And Tim Sale is definitely a kind of, in some ways, a bit of an influence on the art, I think. Right, uh, okay. I've never been a huge Tim Sale fan, personally. But saying that, in the, in this, the artwork in this book's just lovely, beautiful. So, Silver of Treasures and Thieves, um, that's book one. Um, if you go to uh, dark-planet-comics.com, uh, you'd be able to find them. There's a volume two called Silver of Hunters and Prey. I'm very interested in this one because um, the first book is kind of where um, I stopped reading purely because... I couldn't find it on Comicsology anymore, and then like I couldn't afford to get the other ones. Whereas if they're readily available now, I think it's it's two books as well. The second book finishes the story, so I'm kind of hoping that this will also turn up. I don't, um, yeah. If you know, ask your independent bookshop or comic dealer or whoever. Uh, there's also Abrams Comic Comic dot com at. What Abr- they do it there? Do they? Yeah, at Abrams okay. Books. That's who have yeah. published okay. this hardcover. So, yeah, All right. Right. yeah, lovely. So, S- Silver, uh, a, a nice sort of revisit of a recommendation, and well worth your time. So, nice. That's mine. Cool, uh, Tony. Last one. Um, this is the one that you need to get. This everyone listen to. This is called Confabulation, an anecdotal bio- autobiography by Dave Gibbons, and uh, along with Tim Pilcher helping out. Uh, it's Dave's long-awaited. Um, autobiography and it does not disappoint in any way don't think of it as being sort of a paperback book because dave's a, an artist as well as a writer he's um it's a big coffee table book if you see what i mean mm. i was showing the guy the guys it before we started recording fucking outstanding man um weirdly it's all you know how we live in the matrix it, it opens with a quote from proust who we were just only just talking about with <laughs> um remembrance of things past is not necessarily remembrance of things as they were which is an interesting... That's uh, a great quote, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So in other words, he's saying, I love telling the story. This may not be exactly true, but yeah. let's go with it, which I kind of like. And then he says to me, he says, well, he speaks directly to me in the intro. He says, uh, I'm a comic book guy through and through. And he tells some great stories, Dave. If anyone who's ever met Dave or seen him on a panel or anything like that, um, I was lucky enough to sort of fairly regularly meet him because he's a regular at my old comic shop. So he used to come in and just chat to people about I remember saying to me, what's what's good at the moment? And, you know, sort of thing, like very thoroughly approachable. And Dave always seems to get it for me. Yeah, I remember I was telling, telling to Johnny Cannon the other day and I remember listening to Dave, I think on a panel at UCAC. And he said, he said this, he says something, it was something along the lines, I can't quote word for word, but he says, uh, Superman is a big boy scout and Batman is the ultimate badass. And as long as you realise those two things, you will understand the DC universe. And I like just said, he managed to put these things into, you know, mm. exact, you know, just the, clarifies things very well for me. And rather than it being a chronological collection of his life, 
which I honestly sometimes I read. Vince got me on for Christmas. You know, I read comics, autobiographies, and biographies all the time. I'm, and honestly, as much as I love these guys, I don't want to know what you did as a kid. I've got no interest. You know, it could have been the most exciting thing. Yeah. You know, but I want to know about the comics bit. And Dave doesn't do the bit where you know I was born in Newmarket, and you know this sort of thing. He doesn't do that. He just not that he was born in Newmarket, but he just he, what he does is he, it's an alphabetically collected story um, collection of anecdotes with some of the best art, loads of stuff I'd never seen before from Dave. You know, there's like fanzine art. There's like, I'll give a little taste of what's in there in a minute. But what he does is alphabetically he talks about different things and sometimes different people and sometimes different events. There's a whole section on the UCAC, for example. There's a whole section on Bristol. There's one on uh, Angoulême. There's one on his his friendship with Des Skin. There's one on his work with Mark Miller, you know, sort of thing. He speaks so lovingly with Pat, you know, just saying the reason he did the um, uh, Robuster story, he just, he really wanted to work with Pat, you know, because Pat kind of got him on 2018 and stuff like that. Um, absolutely lovely. There's hundreds and hundreds of examples of art in there. Uh, he talks about, he doesn't just talk about his life, he talks about the influences people, other people have had on him. There's some hilarious stories in there. There's one story about how he got really drunk um, at UCAC, which seems to be something of an ongoing thing for Dave, how he's always the last to leave a party. Because <laughs> you got to admire. It's not like that character of a show. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. I was really, really drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you like that, I think. And um, he ends up... Um, he ends up like just making it to a panel, like awfully hungover. And he says he was feeling like he was going to throw up. And they, he, he, they handed him a copy of, they would, it was a panel where they would look at new comics and kind of review them live. And uh, he, he got handed young blood one. And he said he was, he almost threw up not saying that it was because of young blood. He never makes clarifies that. No, no, no. Cause he was, he was drunk, but uh, yeah, it did make me laugh that I'm sure there was a little sly <laughs> moment there. Um, there's another one where he says something that I've been saying for years is that Chris Claremont's English accent is ridiculous and nobody <laughs> believes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it's 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 absolutely beautiful. I kept going, oh, I wonder if he talks about him. I wonder if he talks about her and going in the index at the back and you can find it all in there. But uh... honestly, I sat down and I read the whole thing yesterday afternoon and it made for the best Saturday afternoon. There's so much in it. Places I was at, things I was at, he's talking about comics that I read. You know, he talks so lovingly of Frank Miller, you know, talks about the Martha Washington stuff and just hanging out and with Alan Moore and, you know, going for meals and stuff like this. And he meets um one of the, I can't remember which one, but Penn and Teller, you know, the magicians. Because hmm. Dave's yep, a, like, yep. Dave loves magic, I think. And he says he'd, he'd been trying to meet one of them for ages and he eventually sort of blurted out to him, oh, I'm I'm the author, I'm the, I'm the artist on Watchmen. And clearly this bloke from Penitella didn't have a clue Scooby-Doo about comics. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's <laughs> oh, no, he's like mortified that he said this, you know. But uh, it just goes to show, doesn't it? He says, like, you know, we may be big cheeses in the comic world, but, you know, outside of it, not so much. So here's a little, just a little taste of what you might find in there. I've just listed a couple of things there. Do you remember he did the Cooler Shaker cover of their album? No, of the 90s. No. The interiors of a Jethro Tull album. Um, he did the, the wow. flyer for the American Eagle stage play. Um, there's preliminary unused sketches for Watchmen statues that never happened. There's loads of, I don't know if you remember this, but um, on Tornado, they tried to have a, like a Tharg type character and it was Big E and it was basically Dave dressed as a superhero. So it's all like the, the photographs of him like posing with people like holding ladders on rooftops and him pretending to be stopping cars. Some great photographs in there. Loads of early art. Um, 
There's um, loads of stories about dinners he had with Howard Chaykin. He talks very fondly of him. Um, there's the, the Green Cross Code adverts he did, the, the the Lakes poster he did, Dan Dare and Jet Jason. I'm sure um, I'm sure Richard Sheaf knows that one. Um, art from everywhere. He talked. Remember the Doctor Who stuff he did? Amazing. Um, loads of um, photographs of him sitting on panels at conventions. Uh, loads of fans in art. Um, there's a photo you like this. There's a photo stat of his first comics check that he ever got, and it was two pounds ten for, letter, for a lettering job he did in Core, um, <laughs> which is great. Core. You gotta get this book, man. It's yeah, just you might do it on my list. Yeah, really good. Um, it's not like a cheap paperback, I think. So be prepared. You know, it's going to be forty quid. It's a wedge. Yeah, but it's it's worth it. More than worth it. Um, yeah, brilliant stuff. I know I put it on um, I put it on our Twitter. The pod Twitter. I put something on Twitter today, lads. I did pre-order. Proud of myself. Uh, do a power bomb. I saw that. That's ah, out. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, the, just some of it will make you laugh because he kind of he's quite honest about stuff in there. Yeah, you know, he, he doesn't. Keeps it real. You know, he's honest and friendly and funny, and but he doesn't. There's a couple of things you think. Oh, okay, I get you. I agree with you actually. Mm. You know, there's a bit of that going on. But yeah. So it's called confabulation an anecdotal autobiograph autobiography uh, if you if you if you listen to kayfabe or watch the kayfabe videos he does a great one on there where he talks about this i think it was slightly delayed i think it was meant to be out earlier in the year but i'm going to the there's a signing i think it's next month at um a comica event in london which i've got tickets for so if you're on the slack you'll see you'll see it being talked about yeah that's my last one guys there you go nice well, what a load of great comics for you to find out more about and check out and just just enjoy for the week ahead um, as we prepare ourselves for um, whatever 400 is going to bring. <laughs> um, but we hope you have enjoyed uh, this. We're going to put a tie on again. Yeah, yeah, of course. You have to try something different. Yeah. yeah. Keep it different um, every time. Yes. But Naked. Thank, thank you very Naked. much for listening. That's no different from now. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. <laughs> I'm just I'm just heading on. Keep going, keep going, I'm, I'm just ignoring going. them. Um, yeah. Yes, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And why wouldn't you? Because it was um, Chad was great and all the comic talk is, is great anyway. And if there's anything you want us to talk about on a future episode, or if you've got any comics you want us to check out, any comic, comics events, charity drives, etc., whatever it is, there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at The Awesome Pod. We have uh, the Slack channel. Get in touch with us on any of our yep. formats to find out how to join that because there's a wonderful community of people on there. I'll just put it on the Twitter, actually. It's yeah. on the Twitter as of today. Yeah. If you're listening to this fairly new, so you should be able to find it quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can join a wonderful community of people, very respectful, just want to talk about comics. It's great. There's art, yeah, art threads, etc. Uh, and thank you for listening to the this episode and this podcast whether it be on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple please subscribe and leave a review helps get the word out about this show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis and if you listen to us on any other networks like spotify amazon stitcher podnose podknife what are the networks we on tony pod wilma wilma um balls <laughs> fit in your mouth oh god <laughs> you just you just couldn't help yourself, could you, Tony? I couldn't believe it was nope. it brought up with Spawn. I forgot it was in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, this uh, this episode is not being sponsored by the Flintstones. 
But uh, where <laughs> speaking of but speaking of dinosaurs, where can people find us online, etc.? Tony, neveronanything.com. Big things happening this week. Get your eyes out. Nice, Dan. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. If you want to buy any of my books, check out DZPublishing.BigCartel.com. There you go. And you can find me on social media at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Thanks to Chad for joining us. We hope you have a brilliant week, no matter where you are in the world. Whenever you listen to this, actually. Never mind like the date, the number of the episode or whatever this date is. Um but even if you're an alien listening in the far future, <laughs> humanity is naught but a speck of dust. Um, we hope you're doing well, and we love you very much. Uh, don't we, Dad? <laughs> well, not the alien species that is living. Well, we love. Look, 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 I guys. love them. Don't no, be horrible. <laughs> I love those aliens. <laughs> yeah, look, mate, we're we're dead and gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're we're gone, you yeah. know. But but they could be like they could be. This could be a time capsule of my, what my... civilization was like. My hate burns brightly from beyond the grave. <laughs> wow, this has been a real turnaround this week. This is—I didn't expect this. Tony confessing his love for aliens and Dan baking xenophobic. No time for him. I'm kept happy by that thing in Cocoon where they're really old, but they keep getting boners that a cat can't scratch. I'm kept happy by that. One day I'm going to be like those old blokes. Yeah. No, no, right. Yeah, the old blokes were right, but the rest of them were a bunch of bastards, and they ended up abusing that power. Shout boning power. Uh, I use it. It's what people do. Yeah, but remember yeah, when they're, they're dive, they're dive bombing in that swimming pool, aren't they? In that poor, poor old alien. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a very sad you know, scene. Not shout out to all the cocoon ca- heads out there. Cocoon, like you go, you're breaking someone's going to the swimming pool. There's these fucking great big weird things in the swimming pool. I'm not getting in the swimming pool. That's just. <laughs> Looks like somebody's done a massive shit in there. Yeah, like three big piles <laughs> of shit in the swimming pool. I am just gonna go home, you know. <laughs> I hate it when people shit in the swimming pool. Uh, no. Um, well, yeah, I did. I did take my son into one once. He was literally just dipping our toes in the port, the water, and someone, a baby, then a shat in it. So we all had to get out. Uh, I've only ever had to do it once. Yeah. So um... <laughs> I can remember hearing an anecdote of Steve Merchant, like he needed to go to the toilet in the sea. So he went in. And it was kind of about codes of business, and the seat pulled out. He's shrunk to his ankle. I tell you what, three hundred ninety-nine weeks of this highbrow content—not enough, is it? Uh, yeah. So join us next week for more of this. It's going to be worse, fucking next week. It's going to be terrible. It's next going week. up to eleven next week. No, yeah. it won't. I, I got some <laughs> proper zingers ready. Do you know what? I am. I am fully prepared to put out a five-minute episode. It's just an apology. Five we minutes, te- you're hopeful. We we had a technical difficulties and it didn't record. How long? I will music? do that. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll write that disclaimer now. See you next yeah. week. Yes. See ya. <laughs> Hang on. Right. You're not getting Steady. away without the sign-off because no, no, no. Yeah, people that. You in the world, thing, they, you? they got to read loads of comics, make loads of comics, and um, as always, every week, you should know this by now, what should they do? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Come next week. Pardon? I'm not going to do that. Uh, if, you want. <laughs> if someone has ejaculates during the show, I will send them a present. And that's canon. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> I have to prove it. I couldn't hold the silence there. <laughs>